left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them up the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, here we go. Hour two of the show has begun. Yeah, words matter, everybody. Words matter. (laughs) One little word (laughs) over here on Twitter. I'm about to tell y'all what that is for everybody tuning into the live stream and if you're listening on the radio and everywhere else. Yeah, um, so I got a a graphic. The uh, Mississippi State University Alumni Association sent out a uh, notice to fans regarding football tailgating this fall. And if you tweet that information out there, but you leave out one key word, then all you know what could potentially break loose. (laughs) Okay, let me tell you what that is. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Insurance across the state of Mississippi. Your home team, you need to go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. And uh, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Here's what it said. Football tailgates announcement from the Mississippi State University Alumni Association. After careful considerations regarding the growing concerns around COVID-19, we've made the difficult decision to cancel football tailgates this fall. This is not a decision we've taken lightly, and this is an incredibly important and exciting event that brings MSU alumni and friends together from near and far. However, Our primary concern is always the responsibility we feel uh, toward the health and safety of our Bulldog family. We will continue to explore other ways to engage our loyal alumni community and look forward to resuming our annual in-person event programming once it is safe to do so. Until then, stay safe in Hale State. Now, that was an official notice that went out to the Alumni Association. And so what it means is from, you know, the official Alumni Association tailgates, they're not going to have those. Well, I initially sent that out there and said they're canceling tailgating this fall. Well, they are for for now for the alumni folks. That's from the alumni. And somebody, I think it was Andrew and some others said, hey, pointed that out, said you need to put the word alumni in there. And so I did. I corrected it real quick and added the word alumni. And uh, Brandon said, nice correction, Matt. You were about to catch hell. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get for trying to do stuff during a commercial break, right? Thanks for tuning in. Y'all continue to comment, text, tweet, all that. I need to get over here to the Country Please and text line. It is 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN or 885-3776 if you need the number. Country Please and Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. We're talking about the name, image, and likeness deal, a whole conversation about that. It's incredibly interesting. We didn't even get to half of the information that came out of today's uh, hearing with the Senate committee and college athletics leaders in Washington. We didn't even get to half of it. 
of the tweets and the info that came out of that. And the conversation is fascinating with everybody that's, you know, calling in on the Divinity phone and texting and commenting on Facebook on the live stream. All that. All right. PRG said only the income earned from name, image, and likeness would be taxable. And that issue would likely be addressed if federal legislation was passed. Well, PRG, but here's the thing. Everybody has lawyers. What about the schools? Okay. What about the schools who are out there in Division One? Remember I told you, right? Look, Louisiana Monroe is Division One, just like Alabama, right? They got lawyers, too. Okay, and they can't compete on this name, image, and likeness stuff at all. And what are they, to mess the whole thing up, all it takes is one lawyer in one court case to say, hey, wait a minute. You're either amateur or you're not. And if I can take it to court and prove that they're not, then my school, who right now is broke, because we only put 20000 in the stands at our school out here in the Mountain West, we're broke. We're going to go more broke. And all I got to do is prove that they're not amateurs. They are, in fact, pros. And if they are, in fact, pros, and every dime we're paying for them to come here is basically benefit to them. And therefore, they're going to have to pay taxes on it. All it takes is one. You see the mess I'm talking about? Hogjow said, my youngest son made a 34 on his ACT. He got a total and free ride at Ole Miss. He graduated from there in December with a zero balance and no student loans. Well, first of all, way to go, Hogjow Jr. He said he is taking last, uh, what did he say, the LSAT next month. I said last. He's taking the LSAT next month to try to get to Vanderbilt Law School. Go, son, and woo pig suey. Well, all of the best to him, certainly. QB1 on the country pleasing text says the problem is a college degree doesn't hold the value it used to. Plus, these students major in interdisciplinary studies and don't have anything else on their resume besides football. So they're not getting the return on their investment like people used to. Well, right. But it that doesn't matter. I think you're right, QB1. But it doesn't matter. What matters is what does it cost to get it? What are others paying to get it? And people go, oh, well, somebody argued with me a while back, QB1, and on Twitter. And they were like, man, the cost of that tuition is just a number they put down on paper. It's totally bogus. You know, it's just a number. It's not worth anything. Here's the problem, QB1. We just had a national scandal. People going to jail, famous actors and CEOs going to jail for spending under the table, paying, bribing, hundreds of thousands and even millions of their own dollars to bribe to bribe their way into schools. Yet some people want you to believe that being at that school is not worth anything. 
and that the scholarship the athletes get to be at that school is is overvalued, not undervalued. Something does something doesn't add up. Jay in Baltimore on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Thanks for calling, Jay. What's up? Well, Matt, uh, quick curveball here. I was going to change subjects, but I uh, just saw that Major League Baseball announced the cancellation of all minor league baseball. So obviously the biggest concern is with those men and women out there and their jobs, but also on how devastating for players to try to make it to the big show missing a year of uh, minor league experience. And, of course, the first person you got to think about is Jake Mangum. That's exactly right. Hey, and, and Jay, I, it's a little bit of change, but somebody was uh, messaging me just a little bit ago and saying that, um, saying that, um, you know, or asking about JT Ginn getting the big contract that he got. I know you and I talked about that, but isn't it incredible when you look at how they benefited from being in these guys that got drafted this year, got, how they benefited from being in those five rounds uh, financially? It's crazy how that worked out so well for those players. For most of them, not all, but most. Yeah, without question, as you, as you alluded to yesterday, the, the Mississippi State kids and the, the kids that are tied to Mississippi State, uh, they made a chunk of change, didn't they? They did. Uh, and one other thing is I did see that Brent Rooker is going to be a part of the 60-man roster. I think it's for, he's with the Twins, right? Right. Uh, so he's, uh, he's going to benefit from this and, and not be with the minor league going. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Well, and it's so sad to see the those guys not get the opportunity. But Jay, we're not surprised, though, are we? I, that's the thing for me—the fact that they canceled the minor league deal. I'm just not really surprised by that, you know. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Right. Appreciate the call, Jay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um. You know. Uh, and I'm I'm actually actively um, updating the information I had you earlier about the alumni tailgating that Mississippi State's not going to do. Um, <clears throat> here's what I understand. Getting a couple of questions about it. Here's what I understand. Trying to update that. I just sent out a tweet that says, again, it's tailgating that usually took place at the Hunter Henry Center uh, for alumni, uh, uh, apparently. Um, I want to make sure that's correct, but yeah, you know, it's just a sign and it's, it puts people just on a little bit of uneasy ground when you see that it's not like canceling, you know, tailgating campus wide or anything like that. But if you look at the thing for Mississippi state, they usually have this event where they would, you know, it's open to tailgating for alumni and certain people at their alumni center in the Hunter Henry Center there on campus for game days and saying, look, we're just, we hate to, but we're just going to go ahead and cancel that. You know, as you make your plans and look ahead, we're just not going to have that. And, you know, you wonder what other schools and that kind of thing are going to do something similar. Go ahead and begin to make these little tweaks and these little adjustments. Yeah, I think it's um, certainly worth noting. That's going on. And Jay in Baltimore, if you're listening, uh, apologies on my part. I might have been just a teeny tiny bit distracted there while we were talking baseball. No excuse. Unnamed texture said, Matt, 
I lost service, but happy... What is this? Happy what day? I think you have a typo in there. He's telling me it's happy something day. A lot of times we'll look it up and see what day it is. Nationally. Like this is National Hot Dog Day or National Peanut Butter Cookie Day or stuff like that. But Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby, okay, that's Bobby. Is that how we spell it? <laughs> Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah, he's going to get paid. What's the deal? All the way until 2000 and like way out there. It's just years and years and years. And he hadn't played in years and years. And every year on July 1st, the Mets pay him over a million dollars. Can you imagine? I mean, the whoever pulled that off, the greatest agent in sports history for Bobby Bonilla. Thanks for the correction. Uh, Beaver, I needed all the help I could get on that. Jay texted the show and he said, hey, did MSU announce no tailgating? No, uh, they did not announce no no tailgating. But what they did is, for example, the uh, Alumni Association, they do, a, they do a tailgate for alumni on a particular part of campus. And they just went ahead and announced, hey, we're just not going to do that this year for football. So it's not like, campus-wide, no tailgating, but the alumni, the official alumni tailgate they normally have there at the Hunter Henry Center on Mississippi State's campus, not happening. I'm just going to cancel it. Let everybody know ahead of time. Not happening. Ghost Pepper on the country-pleasing text said, Matt, did Beaver really say he had a picture of Costanza in boxers on his wall? What's he making up now, Beaver, about Costanza? Okay, well, now this one's true, but I'm a little confused because it happened. Uh, we were talking about this on Chris's show, but Chris hasn't been here since Monday. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> what what are you doing? Like traveling back fifty something hours? Why is this just now coming up? But yes, I. You know, remember the episode of Seinfeld, Matt, where Costanza was playing the game, the timeless art of seduction. Mm-hmm with the lady at the Photoshop place. And he was he got Kramer to take a picture of him on his couch in nothing but boxers. Yeah. You're a lover boy. Yes. You are a lover boy. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Well, about five or six years ago, my best bro, which your best bro is a B-R-E-A-U-X. Ah, uh, I see. You didn't know that. That kind of bro. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went to some kind of TV or comic convention in New Orleans and he brought me back a framed uh, poster of that. It's Costanza doing his pose on the couch. And, yeah, it hangs on my wall. And we were talking about <laughs> what people might think when they come in there and see that. Hey, isn't that the photo that somebody photoshopped Mike Leach's face onto and it made its way into the college game day scene? Somebody held up a sign of that and then it wound up on his office wall? I think, you know, I never saw that. Yeah, you're breaking I, news on me. Yeah, you, you, you might look it up. I'm, I'm almost certain that it started or originated with. You know how they do the signs for College Game Day, and somebody took that thing of Costanza and put Mike Le Mike Leach's face on it. I'm <laughs> yeah. looking at it. Yep. You see it? <laughs> He's wearing his headset. <laughs> yeah, that headset on. <clears throat> it's great, and and if. Now, I could be making this part up, but it seems like he caught wind of it, saw it, and said, I've got to have that. And they worked it out where they got the, the sign to Mike Leach, and he, like, propped it up in this, on the wall over there in his office, I think. I, I, I think that's the story. 
That's awesome. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. Uh, somebody on YouTube said the Costanza. Hey, a couple of things too. Um, we've got a hundred teams in a hundred days coming up here in just a few minutes. I want to read a couple of these comments. There's some really good questions in here. Um, Thomas on Facebook, on the Facebook live stream, Thomas said, as colleges, let's see, implemented the transfer portal, now are looking to pay players for likeness, et cetera. Well, well let's be clear. I, I don't think it's the schools that are actually paying. It would be some private business, but the schools are kind of in between, obviously. Thomas said, uh, it's become a cheap knockoff of professional ball, pro ball, free agency, frequent team changes, strikes, and becoming all about money is what eventually led to me tuning out pro sports. There's no question, Thomas, that over the years, this is like I've talked about the NBA. I'm old enough, like I was a child of the 80s and 90s. So I grew up during this golden era of the NBA where it's like every team in every market had a legitimate star on that team, and he played there forever. Bird and the Celtics, Jordan and the Bulls, Magic and the Lakers, Elijah Wan and the Rockets, um, Dominique and Spud Webb for Atlanta, right? Carl Malone and the Jazz, Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons, Patrick Ewing and the Knicks, Charles Barkley in the Sixers. Of course, he didn't. He's kind of the first jump of those stars, and he went to uh, Phoenix. But it just the list goes on and on. Clyde Drexler in Portland before going to Houston, and all those guys were stars on those teams and didn't go anywhere. There were no super teams because they stayed on their team trying to beat each other for years and years, and it just spoiled all of us. And you live through that, and then. You try to hang on to the NBA of the last 15 years where it's the biggest stars are just trying to see how fast they can get on the same team. You're just like, ah, and, and I get it. It's, it's, it's a valid point that you bring up. Joe on Facebook said, if schools were able to pay student athletes, how would you develop equity throughout the system? If you compare a school like Stanford to state, the tuition, cost of living, et cetera, would be much higher at Stanford. With that in mind, would it be equitable to pay the student-athletes more there, or would that be considered an illegal enticement, you know, or whatever? Again, I think we have to continue to reset every now and then and draw the, the, the distinction here that name, image, and likeness is not so the school itself can pay the athlete. It's so the athlete can cash in on his name and his image and his own likeness anywhere including off campus, outside of school, in town, on the other end of the state or on the other end of the country. But what the schools are saying is, well, we've got to protect amateurism for, well, for one obvious reason is all, all 100 of our football players can't pay taxes on everything we're doing for them. They can't. So who's going to do that? You know, so we have to protect amateurism. But if we protect the amateurism, then how do we have a healthy environment of agents or representatives helping the star athletes who actually there is a demand for their name, image, and likeness, right? Because I got news for you. 
1999, when I was a senior at Mississippi State, we were a 10-win football team. We beat Clemson in the Peach Bowl. But there's nobody trying to knock my door down to load me up with marketing money so that I would go out here and be their face and voice on TV commercials and stuff. I don't need an agent <laughs> then. But if this had been going on then, what about Smoot on our team? Seriously, what about him? Willie Blade, defensive lineman. What about those guys? They might need an agent. Be people from all over the place interested in having them market for them or represent them or, you know, be what we call a, a brand ambassador. Well, he's trying to go to class to play football. So he needs some representation. Needs an agent. So how do we make sure there's a healthy environment of agents, people that might represent them? David brought it up on YouTube. He said, are athletes going to hire agents to protect in all these endeavors? Well, that's the question, David. Are you going to hire the agents and who's going to pay the agent? So we talk about the kid cashing in on his name, image, and likeness. Somebody wants to give him $15,000. Well, how much of that is the agent going to demand? 15%? 10%? Who's monitoring what the agents are charging the athletes? All I'm saying is it's it's like everybody agrees they ought to get something and have something and be able to do something. But nobody can figure it out. <laughs> Nobody's got the answer. All right, 100 teams in 100 days coming up next, I promise. Team number 66 on the countdown. Stick around. Coming right back. Hour two, rolling along. There's more stuff than we can shake a stick at. Going on here today, it seems that way. Let's see here. I had all those tweets up from Ross a minute ago, and I think I'm, yeah. I'm going to get to Matt Daddy, Gator Nation, Mississippi Tiger, and Hog Jowl on the country-pleasing text line. How about this one, though? Back over on that Senate hearing just real quick before the text. Uh, Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, he was there in Washington today covering the Senate hearing about name, image, and likeness. There was a senator that asked the question of the, of the athletics leaders, asked, how would name, image, and likeness impact the financial circumstances of an athletic department? Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter provided an example of this, a third-party sponsor choosing to strike a deal with an athlete and not the school. Mentioned that it could have a trickle-down effect to other sports in the department. Yeah, so, I mean, well, look, we talk about the money that they're making and uh, hand over fist in some places, big numbers, hundreds of millions of dollars. They're also spending a lot. And what we do know is that 
that revenue number, which does include marketing and licensing and advertising and sponsorships, not just ticket sales, not just television. All that money comes in and we see that in a revenue number, maybe for football. But what we do know too, is that football is footing the bill for a lot of the other sports on campus. And there's a, currently a law in the country, this title nine, that there are certain numbers of sports that you will field teams in those sports to make sure that women have the same opportunities to play sports in college that men do. So there's certain numbers of teams you got to field. You got to support all those. You got to pay for all those. If you're giving out scholarships, you got to pay for those scholarships. Travel to and from games, food, room and board, books, tuition, all those things. But it's this really uncomfortable conundrum. Big Power Five schools have all the eyeballs. They have the biggest stars, the most coveted stars. And what if there is a, I don't know, let's just say a six-figure sponsor out there. they're paying to sponsor certain things in stadiums and on campus. And that money's going into the athletics department. But what if, what if I just strike that deal with the quarterback? That's really what I'm wanting anyway, as a business. Well, I, I give that money to the player. And what Keith Carter is saying is, Okay, it doesn't go into the athletics department. So it's not so much that it takes it away from the athletics department. It's that it's really taking it away from other sports that right now football is paying the, the bills for. And, man, it's a, it's a... Listen, it is a... I don't know, conundrum. It really is the right word. It is a, ooh, sticky, right? Because people are going, well... You're making all that money and getting those sponsorship deals on the backs of these athletes to begin with. Maybe they should get that sponsorship deal instead of the athletics department. And they might go, yeah, okay, well, maybe they should, but we got to cut soccer. Because if that money's not coming in, we can't pay for soccer. <laughs> Whew. Blah. I don't know if it's ever been more true for many anyway, that saying of glad it's them and not me. All right, countdown of 100 teams in 100 days leading up to the start of the college football season. We hope on Saturday, September the 5th, the full first full opening weekend. We are 66 days away from Saturday, September the 5th. Let's do it. It's the final countdown. 100 teams. 100 days. The Countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Man, I hope I'm watching this team play football in 66 days. Team number 66 in the Countdown is Tulsa. about this there's several things I don't know about
One is this fight song. I, I ain't too, I'm not too crazy about this fight song. Uh, Tulsa is going to begin the season in 66 days when they host Toledo. And then in week two, they will go to Oklahoma State. Going to be interesting. They host Northwestern State out of the state of Louisiana week three. And then uh, week four, they will go to Arkansas State in Jonesboro and then jump back into their or jump into their uh, conference there, the American, in week five when they go to UCF. In terms of in the conference for Tulsa this year, road games are UCF, South Florida, Navy, and Houston. Home games for them are going to be uh, Cincinnati, ECU, SMU, and Tulane. Last year, a little bit of an uptick. Uh, it, it, but that ain't saying much. Okay. Here's what's interesting. And that's why I said, okay, there's several things interesting about this. Let's look at the, the big picture here. First of all, they are at number 66 on the football power index, Tulsa from the AAC number 66 on the football power index. That's the list I'm using to run down the top 100 teams or, or hundred teams in a hundred days, football power index. A big deal was made on this show and others by the fact that Mississippi State out of the SEC uh, won eight games two years ago, went to bowl last year, coaching change. We know all that. Costello transferring it was all the way down at number 72 on the FBI, for instance. Yesterday was Michigan State out of the Big Ten at 67. Well, one spot ahead at 66 is Tulsa who under Philip Montgomery have been downright bad the last several years. Now, I don't know, you know, what he took over. We know that Tulsa, before the whole AAC thing, they had some really good teams. Now, he was the offensive coordinator on some really good teams. They won 11 games in 2013, 11 games in 2014. And then... He gets the head coaching job, and in his first year, they went 6-6 six and six and lost their bowl game. They finished 6-7. and seven. Year two, that'd be 2016 under Philip Montgomery. They won 10 games, went 10-3, and three, played in the Miami Beach Bowl. But the last three seasons at Tulsa under Philip Montgomery, they've been 2-10, then 3-9 in 2018, and then last year went four and eight. This is a team that the last three seasons have won a grand total of nine games in three seasons. Nine games in three seasons in the AAC. Last year they finished last in the AAC West. And the Football Power Index has them number 66 on the list, ahead of Michigan State ahead of Virginia, who played in the ACC title game last year, ahead of Mississippi State. <laughs> I'm just telling you where it has them, okay? I wanted to explain why Tulsa is where they are in this list that we're doing here, okay? I just felt the need to point that out. That's all I'm saying. The teams they beat last year, the four teams they beat, were San Jose State, Wyoming, UCF, Upset, huge upset, 34-31, beat UCF, and then uh, East Carolina. They won two of their last three last year. Yeah. Any questions on Tulsa? Fight song, pretty terrible. Yeah. And they used to be in uh, Conference USA. 
here are key stats. Four and eight last year, but they played much better down the stretch. Big upset over UCF in November. Beat down East Carolina, finished the year, and returned 88% of their offensive players. That's fourth in the FBS. Well, that shows you right there one metric that this uh, football power index would include that would maybe overvalue them. I think it's okay. We return all of our offensive players the most. That's good. That's good. But how great is it to return offensive players that couldn't do squat for the last three years? Defensively, 34% returning, only four starters back. They have a Baylor transfer at quarterback named Zach Smith. He's back for his senior season. Threw for 3,200 yards, 19 touchdowns, nine picks a year ago on a four-win team. And recruiting, they've been horrible, frankly. I mean, they've been down there around 90th or so in the country in terms of recruiting. So, not knocking them. I just feel if you're going to listen to me do a countdown, I just thought I'd explain to you why my list that I'm going by, the Football Power Index, might have a team like Tulsa so high on the list at number 66. Felt, felt like I owed that to you. All right, coming up next, Matt, Daddy, Gator Nation, Mississippi Tiger, Hogs, Al, JC, everybody on the country-pleasing text line coming to you. Stick around. Welcome back on the show. I'm Matt. Thanks for tuning in. Beaver's here. I'm here. More importantly, you're here. Matt Daddy sent us the picture over here on the uh, Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. Country Pleasing Sausage. He sent the pic there. Matt Daddy. Uh, Mike Leach posing with that picture that showed up, I think, on College Game Day with the guys who apparently made it. They took the Costanza posing in his boxers photo or painting or whatever that is, Photoshop Mike Leach's head on it. <laughs> and Mike Leach, good sport, thought it was funny, posing with the picture. And I think he wound up with it. I think that's the story. Is he wound up with that thing. Gator Nation, country pleasing text line says, I'm sorry I missed Team 199 on your countdown. I wanted to hear what you said about Florida State and Georgia. Boom! So what I'm talking about, trash talk in July. It doesn't get much better than that, does it? <laughs> Mississippi Tiger. Says Matt, athletes realized being loyal to organizations who would never be loyal to them is a sucker move. Hmm. Yeah, loyalty. That is really an interesting subject. Or I think it is. I think it's interesting. 
you know, loyalty is an interesting subject. It's just because it always has to be a two-way street. I mean, it has to be for it to last, right? Or does it, by definition? I don't know. But I think there's something there. Yeah, you know, I've told you this before, Mississippi Tiger. I, I've said it a lot on this show. You know, the ability for athletes to transfer from one school to the other within that five years, I just don't mind it one bit. I don't mind it at all. Um, and lots of different angles to look at it, but one that I look at is five years is such a small window of your life. Think about it. Those of us that are old now, we understand five years, like you blink and five years has gone by. So what they're telling you is, you're only eligible to play in college in the NCAA during a five-year window of your life anyway. A very small window of your life. And, and on top of that, they could always tell you, well, there's a five-year window, yes, but you may only step onto the field for four of those years, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. That fifth one has to be some sort of redshirt. Oh, okay, so now I'm down to four years that I get to play. Four. Yeah, okay, a four. Anything else? Oh, yeah, um, we meant to tell you, if you don't like the place where you signed your scholarship to, you don't like something, you're not playing you can transfer, but you lose a year of eligibility. Now you're down to three. What? So once I sign, I, I just have to like it. <laughs> right. And if I transfer, now I'm down to there's only three years out of my entire life that I can play in the NCAA. Yes, that's right. Unless I go to a small school. Oh, yeah. If you go to a small school, then you can play for four. Hmm. So see, you see what I mean? I just didn't like any of that. So I like the idea that the NCAA done what they've done. They give them a way to have some options. And when you look at it from the perspective of the larger schools, the Power Five, State and Ole Miss, there is no shortage of players available to them that are good elite athletes capable of playing in the sec and playing well and going on and having pro careers. There's just, when you're in the power five, when you're one of 14 sec schools, when you're one of 13 football playing sec schools, th there's no shortage of players who come play for you that are good. So if you got one who's unhappy for whatever reason, I don't like the coach. I don't like the school. I don't like the town. I want to be closer to home. I want to get on the field before my window of opportunity is up. Well, then fine. Give them a way to go. Let them go. Tell them, sure, it's your life. It is your life. You can go do it. And we're happy for you to do it. Because in three or four years, it's over. The end. So if we're talking about loyalty. That's right. I don't mind it. Hog Jowl 
says the offensive linemen opening the holes for the star running back probably aren't going to be happy the running back is making the cash and not them. He better take him out for a dinner every now and then, hadn't he, Hogjow? Listen, y'all, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I hate to be a pessimist and cynical and trying to, like, you know, be the Debbie Downer. I really hate it <laughs> to do that. But listen, there is, let me describe a hypothetical situation that's going to happen. If this name, image, and likeness stuff takes off and takes root. Huge uh, game, important game happens. Let's say it's a, I don't know, an SEC championship game. And it's a, a one-score game, a six-point game. No, let me do it. It's a field goal game. And I'm going to use real teams here. Alabama's leading Georgia by a field goal with three seconds left, and Georgia is on the goal line. Down by three with three seconds. And the quarterback for Georgia says, snaps the ball. He's got it, and he throws it to the back corner of the end zone. To cap this drive, this brilliant comeback drive, the quarterback has led down the field, and this big 6'4 receiver for Georgia elevates in the back corner over the defensive back, catches the football, and barely gets a toe down inbounds, knocks the pylon down. Touchdown, Georgia, as time expires to win the SEC championship game. And one week later, one week later, The big car dealership all over the state of Georgia strikes a $100,000 endorsement deal with the quarterback at Georgia who threw the winning touchdown pass. And it becomes public. They've struck a marketing deal. He's now going to represent so-and-so car dealers all over the state of Georgia. He's on billboards, the Georgia quarterback is. He's on television commercials and he's on radio ads and he does appearances. $100,000 deal. Quarterback at Georgia threw the winning touchdown. And the receiver is thinking, what about me? And the right lawyer talks to the receiver's family and says, this isn't right. Because without your play and without your son elevating and dragging a toe down in the back of the end zone that play doesn't happen and that's the basis for which that guy over there landed a hundred thousand dollar deal mm-hmm and if y'all will just let me take this case we'll take it and we'll get what you deserve and then some QB1 on the Country Pleasing text line says, but receivers never say, what about me? Picking up your sarcasm. JC on the uh, Country Pleasing text says, man, I hope no one minds actually talking football. I loved your film study on Leach's offense. It really broke down why it works. On the flip side, how would you as a defensive coordinator stop it? 
quarters and keep the mesh routes in front of the linebackers. Also, to do this, you'd have to be able to control the line of scrimmage with three down linemen. I think that's the only way to stop the pass, but wouldn't think that three defensive linemen would open the run up. Plus, I'm not sure even Bama could beat State up front with only three defensive linemen and linebackers dropping in coverage. Is it a pick-your-poison type of deal? Well, that's the theory, JC. That's the theory. Is we want to be, well, in, in any offense, but in that particular one, the theory is we're going to be so good in the pass game and such a threat on every down in any situation with no tendencies in the pass game. And we're going to be such a threat because of our personnel at receiver that they may run past you. Think about Alabama. That everybody's going to have to back up. And you're going to have to devote more people away from the line of scrimmage in pass coverage because we're constantly completing mesh routes where the linebackers are. And so as a defense, you better do that or else we're throwing it over your head. And if you do back off and take somebody off the line of scrimmage, it just means there's less pressure on my quarterback. See, I mean, that's the theory. But ultimately, it comes down to personnel. Do you have a receiver who can run by them and threaten them in every ball game against everybody? Do you have Michael Crabtree? If you don't, it doesn't work as well. That's it. See y'all tomorrow. 